everyone, it's Joe Graves, Central City Church. It's good to have you back for a Tuesday of Holy Week. And uh, today we're going to continue the story where we left off. Um, uh, Jesus had quite the entrance, quite the beginning to the week. He, he comes in uh, strong. If you remember yesterday, uh, Jesus enters uh, Jerusalem with this big old crowd with him, shouting his praise, telling the city that this great prophet from the north has come to bless their space. And, and then he goes into the temple and he causes quite a ruckus. He, he's not interested in the fact that these religious rulers and these religious people have been uh, hiding in God's temple, doing whatever they want in the name of God. And so he calls them a den, a thief, referencing Jeremiah. Well, today uh, he uh, does, uh, does something similar. He goes uh, back to the temple, and you can imagine after after Monday, after that that gigantic entrance and the turning of tables and calling out people, that uh, that that the religious rulers have something to say. So we're gonna look at that in Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 to 27. Let's see what happens on Tuesday of Holy Week. Here it is. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus answered him, "Uh, I also will ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? Well, they discussed it amongst themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he'll say to us, well, why didn't you believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold John as was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. God, we come before you and we give you thanks. Um, we ask that you would speak to us through this uh, lesson, that as we reflect on what happened to Jesus uh, in the midst of uh, Tuesday of Holy Week, that you would help us in our own Tuesday, wherever we find ourselves, even if it isn't Tuesday, that right now, in the here and now, your Spirit will meet us and empower us and show us how to wisely navigate the complications and difficulties of life, especially when people challenge us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here's the thing that I just got to say right from the beginning. Tuesday was a big day for Jesus in Holy Week. I mean, this this is, we are right now at the start of Tuesday, Matthew chapter 21, starting with verse 23. He goes into the temple. I mean, this is kind of like he's coming, he, he, he had everything that happened on Monday, now he's coming back and he's beginning again. Matthew 21, verses, uh, starting with verse 23. Here's the thing. When we get jump to Wednesday, we're jumping from chapter 21 to chapter 26. So Tuesday's huge. I mean, we're talking like five chapters, and these aren't short chapters. A lot happens. Jesus does the bulk of his teaching, according to the Gospel of Matthew. Now, all the Gospels tell the story a little differently. 
and they focus on different things and they cover different parts. But according to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus does the bulk of his teaching on Tuesday, and it is rich teaching. You can read it for yourself. Go to Matthew chapter 20, 21 and just keep on reading. It's a lot of parables. It's a lot of challenges, a lot of discussion with the religious rulers, and it's it, it's end of the world stuff. Um, if you remember, if you're familiar with the uh, Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 25 uh, is end of the world stories. It's uh, the the story of the ten virgins. It's the story of the sheep and the goats. Um, it's some really good parables, but it is some apocalyptic stuff as well. Jesus just lays out a lot of teaching. We're not going to cover all of that. We're going to focus on just his first interaction. He did some pretty bold stuff yesterday, and today. Those who are in charge, true Jerusalem lights, you know, people, they're not from the north, they're not from this little town of Nazareth. I mean, these are the people who are in charge, the chief priests and the elders of the people. They're the ones who oversee Jerusalem. Now, technically, Jerusalem's overseen by, you know, the Roman Empire, but as far as the Jewish cultural world and their religion, these are the people, the chief priests and the elders, they come up to Jesus and say, who do you think you are? By what authority? Are you doing these things? They are not happy. Well, this is what they call a conflict passage. Uh, There's lots of them, uh, and they follow a very similar format. Um, Somebody challenges Jesus, and Jesus comes back with something clever, a question that trips them up, or a proverb, or he catches them in their own failed logic. It, it, this is a thing that happens occasionally throughout the gospel. So this is what we see here. Jesus is going to trip them up, and he gets them into this whole conversation around whether they supported John the Baptist. Now, this is rooted in much something much bigger than just John the Baptist. John the Baptist represented the prophets, and Jesus believed, as we believe about Jesus, that he was in the line of the prophets, that the prophets from the Old Testament all the way up to John the Baptist, his cousin, who was a prophet, all were pointing to him. And this puts them in a bind because, as they said, um, they didn't like John the Baptist, but the people did. And they had to decide whether they would be honest and say, hey, you know, we don't, you know, we can't do the John the Baptist thing, or they would, you know, and then the crowd wouldn't like them, or say that John the Baptist was a prophet, and then Jesus would say, well, why didn't you believe him? So they find themselves, he puts them in a little bit of a bind, and so their answer becomes, we do not know. And honestly, that's where I want to sit for a second, because I, um, I think it's an okay answer the majority of the time. In fact, I don't think we say this often enough. The religious rulers say to Jesus, we do not know. And um, we live in a culture where everyone knows everything. Oh, they've got it all figured out. I've got all of the answers. I know exactly how this is supposed to work. And sometimes we could really benefit from people saying, you know what, I don't know. In fact, I've been known to say that. Uh, I say it in sermons. I'll say it right now. I don't know everything. I don't know how everything works. Um, I think it's really good um, to uh, wrestle with doubt. Um, I think doubt is welcome. Um, to have questions, to um, all of that. But that's not what's happening here. The religious rulers say, we do not know. That's verse 27 of this chapter. We do not know. They say that as a way to avoid conflict. They hide behind it. It's funny because we talked last uh, yesterday about how he didn't like the temple to be a place where people hide. 
you know, a den of thieves, a hideout for people who are committing horrible things. The church is a place where people who commit horrible things are redeemed, and they're forgiven, and changed, and healed, and renewed, but not a place where people who do horrible things can just go and hide out and just, like, be protected. Jesus hated that. And here we see another example of people hiding. They're hiding behind a safe answer. They don't want to be honest. They don't want to be rejected. They don't want to become unpopular. How often have you hidden behind a safe answer? Oh, man. It's so much easier to just tell people what they want to hear, isn't it? To avoid conflict, to avoid being honest, especially when you know you disagree with someone. It's just so much easier to just carry it with you. Here's what needs to be said. I'm going to say what they want me to say, and I'm going to move on with my life because I don't want to cause problems. I don't want to become unpopular. I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm not going to be honest. Well, you know, it's a, it's a great way to avoid conflict, and sometimes it's even necessary. I'm, I'm not saying that uh, I haven't done it. Sometimes in, in marriage, you know, um, you, sometimes you just got to be careful how you word things. I'm not always careful how I word things, to be honest with you, not only in marriage, but in life. So this is something that's very personal to me. But at the same time, what I see here with Jesus is, is, is Jesus, uh, Jesus can't meet us in pretending. We can't hide behind, I don't know. We can't hide behind safe answers. And sometimes when we hide behind safe answers, we hurt people. I think about a number of issues, um, especially around issues of justice. And when people in power or people um, who identify as Jesus followers or pastors um, try to navigate complicated situations like, are you anti-racist? And then they get into a big debate on what that means and whether you are. No, don't, don't try to play the game. I know you'll lose followers if you come out and say you're against you know, anti-racism, if you're, if you're for anti-racism, or, you know, you're for Black Lives Matter. Same with LGBTQ. Same with any sort of issue. It's so easy for us to just play it safe, to give the easy answer, because we don't want to become unpopular. We don't want to get ourselves in trouble. But here's the thing, friends. When we hide behind pretending like we don't know, when we actually do, we're not doing anyone any good. And we have the potential to hurt people. And even more than that, we follow a God who says over and over again, that which is hidden will be revealed. God invites us to live transparent lives. God wants to meet us right where we are, not where we pretend to be. So when we know, when we have a thought, I'll be honest with you, it is easier just to say what people want you to say. But hopefully in the kingdom of God, then maybe that's what you have to do. You know, at work, with random people, with random strangers, you know, you don't need to get in an argument with everybody. I don't. But with people you love, with the community of God that we're building, we, at, at least there we should be a place where we can be honest, where we can say, you know what, I don't know, but here's where I'm at. And maybe that's the best answer. Maybe we start with, I don't know, but this is where I currently am, and to never judge someone because that's where they are. Man, I just wonder how the conversation with the Pharisees, with the religious rulers and elders would have been different if they would have said, you know what, Jesus, we don't know, but here's our thoughts on it. 
And they were just really honest with Jesus about, you know, like, I don't know, was John the Baptist a prophet? Was he not? People think he was. You know, just a real honest conversation. How would this story have been different? And would, would they have become so angry with Jesus to lobby for him to be hung on a cross? How would this story have been different if they just would have been honest about what they're wrestling with? Not hiding behind not knowing, but being honest about what they do know and where they're at. I imagine Jesus would have met them there. And I imagine amazing things would have happened and the whole story would have been different. Thanks for listening to today's Holy Week podcast, part of Central City Daily Readings. I hope that you'll join us tomorrow. And also, uh, this coming Friday at 6.30, we'll have a Good Friday service. It will be um, uh, live-streamed as well, so you can join us from uh, from home. And uh, we'll have childcare, so please come on out and uh, enjoy it, uh, even if you've got kids with you. And then on Easter at 9.30 at St. Luke's, we'd love to have you join us for our Easter service. All right, hope to see you there.